You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, ready or not, 2024 is here and we here at Breaking Points are already thinking of ways we can up our game for this critical election. We rely on our premium subs to expand coverage, upgrade the studio, add staff, give you guys the best independent coverage that is possible. If you like what we're all about, it just means the absolute world to have your support. But enough with that, let's get to the show. We're here with uh, Breaking Points, which is a podcast. I think you've all been told that. Um, and we're really going to do a focus group. And what that means is a discussion. It's a discussion about stuff. I think you all know what we might be here to speak about. It's New Hampshire. It's the autumn before an election year. Uh, I was saying to these guys, we did have a fight once in the UK. So, you know, you have to make sure that you beat the good people of Britain by not having a fight. First name, what you do for a living, where you get your news from. Okay, uh, James, I work in IT. And I get my news from podcasts or the internet, like a, a news site like a CNN or NBC. Yeah. Any particular podcasts? Uh, five five thirty eight podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Dana. I'm a full time homemaker, and I get my news from like a daily email briefing. Right. Which which one? The Morning Brew. Hi, my name is Neve. Um, I am a homemaker, homeschooler. And I get most of my news shared amongst um, other moms and folks in um, non-mainstream media type groups. Right. What kind of sort of group? Can you give an example of any of those? Um, like health freedom groups or folks who are um, more leaning, like op opposing mainstream media. Hi, I'm Jennifer. I'm a business analyst. And I get my news from mostly the internet, um, different websites, um, NBC, CNBC, um, Fox News, and whatever the one that 
pops up on my computer that I don't even ask for. It shows me the headlines. Okay. Um, and also when I check my email, the headlines there. My name is Debbie and I am a homemaker, part-time teacher. Um, and I get my news from my husband, <laughs> um, but I do watch um, Fox News and Tucker Carlson. Great. Thanks so much, Debbie. Is that Tucker Carlson on, on X now? Or? Yes. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Jim, I'm in advertising sales. And I get most of my news from either Glenn Beck, uh, Sean Hannity, and the two guys at noon on iHeartRadio. Hi, my name is John. I'm a retired uh, service technician, and uh, I get my uh, news from Newsmax. Hello, I'm Alexis. I'm an administrator for a state agency, and I get my news primarily from the internet, um, local TV stations, as well as national ones, primarily WMUR, as well as the local Concord Monitor and other local newspapers. What's the main issue in your mind that will determine how you vote? Uh, I wrote down smaller government slash local control, looking for a candidate that's interested in making the federal government smaller. And I put down the economy and abortion. I wrote down uh, freedom, like personal freedom, parental freedom, and medical freedom. The economy, water protection, education, and also making our federal government a little smaller. I wrote down Constitution of Rights, uh, the right to life, and the economy. So I wrote down the Constitution of the U.S., protection of it, and also a right to life for the unborn. I've got uh, securing borders, oil independence, and term limits. Finances and economics, as well as reproductive rights. I think there needs to be more at the state level because the states are have their own sort of individual uh, even cultures and personalities and to have the federal government speak for all as much as they do I think is got a little bit out of hand at our big government level that they are not Representing the people anymore. You can read all the bills that they pass But they're 200 pages long and they just slip in stuff that shouldn't be in there Like the bill should be what the bill is intended for and not slip something in so you can fund your pet project write it down the name of the person the name of the candidate who you're currently supporting? I would say Trump. And the reason being is because I would look back at his presidential days and all that was accomplished and what America was like. And then I would fast forward to where America is now. And I wouldn't want to keep going that way. Trump, there we go. Yes, sorry. Yep. And the reason being is um, his past accomplishments. We did in you know, four, three and a half, four years. And he does support the, the, the working class a lot more, I think, than the other party does right now. And also what he's fighting now, what he's going through the political firestorm of all these uh, affidavits, as he said, I'm fighting for you because if this can happen to me, it will happen to you. If, you. if you say the wrong thing, you're in trouble today. Trump, definitely, uh, because he needs to put us back where we were with oil independence, secured bo uh, borders, great economy. Uh, just looking out for us. Uh, he made the, gave a military a raise when they hadn't had one for uh, decades or years, I should say. And uh, he made the VA better than what it was. And uh, he's just, he needs to take over where he left off, which is making us where we were, especially with the oil independence. You're going to hate me, but I can't remember the guy's name from South Dakota. I was looking into some of his ideas, and I, I, I think that we should still stay with a Republican, but not necessarily Trump. I'd like to see some a little bit more of rational thinking come through. While I like how Trump had some ideas that were great and his financial abilities were leading us in the right direction, some of his changes that he put in while he was in term directly affected my work, and I didn't agree with them, some of them. Doug Burgum, is that who you were yeah, thinking of? Yeah, that's who it is. 
Um, great. Okay. Uh, I w- I'm currently undecided, but I would be leaning towards Governor DeSantis. Okay. And main reason why? Uh, just executive experience, all the things he's accomplished in a very purple state, can get things done, had the largest victory in, in recent memory for Florida, even though it's a divided state, so you know he can get things done. And I just don't think he's quite as uh, divisive or antagonistic as uh, President Trump would be. I'm considering Vivek for my vote. Um, I think he's sort of an outsider, and I don't think he has any political ties that are going to influence everything, I think. So I'm that's what I'm considering right now. Leaning to Trump because um, he isn't a politician. He is a businessman, and his list of accomplishments uh, was tremendously good for our country. My main hang-up is that he pushed through the sort of COVID things, the shots and whatnot. I honestly don't know yet. Okay. I really don't. Um, I agree with the warp speed. Um, kind of did it for me. So I'm not 100% um, for Trump. But DeSantis, I see some good points, but I'm not really positive uh, yet. I haven't really made up my mind yet. Might be naive, but I was hoping for uh, somebody out of nowhere to come in. I want to pick up on, on why you're sort of leaning away from, from Trump. I think we'll have a much better shot of winning without Trump at the top of the ticket. I honestly think if Trump isn't on top of the ticket, we're going to lose all the state races in New Hampshire because he's very unliked, uh, very unlikable. Um, I appreciate all the things he did when in office. I think he did do a good job, but he's not a likable person. He's not a great person. And I think it would be a devastating effect on Republicans across the country to have him at the top of the ticket. I think we would feel that everywhere. Not worth it. What would be your defense in terms of that? Going with the vaccine, I too do not agree with the vaccine. I never got vaccinated myself. It's a free choice to do so. I know Trump did say I would not force the vaccine on anybody. I do believe that Trump was given some bad advice, particularly with Dr. Fauci, and I forget the other woman that was there. There's a lot of uh, manipulation going on that the media will not be truthful about, but that is a lot of what took place. And I think he got some bad advice. Well, there's many things that I agree with them on. I mean, the four years, there are some things like I think a lot of times he speaks without thinking, and I think that that's a detriment to himself. Um, but I do think that the media warps so much of what is truly going on. And I feel like that's a huge problem This um, in, in many areas, like with many of these candidates. I mean, it's hard to know the true person underneath them because it really, it depends. If you listen to CNN, it tells you one thing. If you listen to Fox News, it tells you a different thing. How can we make America great again? Because it's not great right now. It's not great. And I've got six kids and I'm watching them have to grow up in this. And that worries me about what they're going to have to live with if somebody doesn't start shaking the boots somewhere. He's a businessman and he has a lot of hard back on him. And that's why he says some of the things that he does, because he's just he's a businessman. But he does right by the people. He could walk away anytime he wants with all his money. But he's still fighting to come back and say, I have to finish the job. I have to make us great again. When he put the tariffs on China, and was bringing jobs back and doing the border. So uh, that's why I like the guy. And yes, he doesn't say a lot of presidential things that he should be saying, but he also says a lot of things that people are thinking, but they won't come right out and say it. So let's call it what it is. I've seen you shaking your head a couple of times. I'm baffled by these arguments. I mean, he got bad advice. You want a president who got bad advice? That's really a cop out. But I think mail-in ballots are here to stay, so they're here. So 
the media trumping up COVID and bringing COVID into the story, you think that helps President Biden to have a COVID outbreak on his watch? That definitely does not help him. So I think could Trump, could Trump beat him? Maybe. We all agree that Biden is totally incompetent, I think. Uh, and, and Trump already lost to him. Now, maybe it was a rigged election, but it shouldn't have even been close, right? He's Biden is totally incompetent. He shouldn't even win five states. So why don't we choose a candidate who doesn't come with all the baggage and all the issues and all the media hating him and all that? And let's get a fresh voice in there that can really whoever is the Republican nominee should wipe the floor with Biden, not be in a situation where a mail in ballot or a media thing could swing it. It shouldn't even be that close. You know, don't leave it to the refs. Right. (laughs) The candidates have said it. I've said, can can Donald Trump beat Joe Biden? Problem is the fair election. So here we go again. We're starting the cr- cranking up of the COVID, supposedly with the masking, and you know it's gonna—it's the same play they did it did four years ago. They're gonna play the uh, mail-in ballots, and the cheating's gonna take place, and you know it just—it's gonna be the same scenario again. Like I work in the schools, and a couple of the teachers were like, you know, already COVID's coming in. The masks. Some of the schools are already going online. Some of the things are getting. Some of the colleges are getting shut down. Like it's. It's like a deja vu. And then you think about it, okay? So then the mail-in ballots got to come. Like, do I think he can beat him? Absolutely, if it's fair. So you think that, that, that COVID stuff you think is linked to the election? Yes, absolutely. And who's, who's doing that? Who's orchestrating that? <laughs> Go on, Jim. The Democratic Party. It, it, was, it, was, it was an article was written by, I forget what the news magazine was, but it was, a, it was a liberal news magazine, and they came out and basically said it was planned to have the election go the way it was and allow... Republicans went along with that plan because they wanted to keep the swamp. They wanted to keep the, the the dirty politics, and some of the Republicans are involved with that. And they, it was a planned event, and they used COVID as a way to push it in. With the pandemic, we see it coming again, and there's a lot of writing on the wall. Um, I think there's a lot of money exchanged. There's big farmers behind it all. Um, as far as can Trump beat Biden, I think um, I could probably beat Biden at this point. Uh, the guy's stumbling around, forgets where he is, can't remember his words, doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, and so I wonder, like, really, who's who's running? We put the name Biden on it, but who's really holding those puppet strings? Um, and can Trump win over those? Put your hands up if you think the 2020 election was rigged. I'm repeating what you guys have, some of you guys have said back to me here. Um, this idea that COVID is coming back up again. Put your hands up if you think that's a deliberate plan um, to try and basically stitch the next election up for the Democrats. It's all about fear. And that's what it is. It's all about fear. Scare everybody. Stay indoors. Wear your mask. COVID's coming back. I'm here to help. It's fear. It's control to divide people. Um, well, if you think that's the case, you know, I'll ask the question again. Um, you know, at least four of you nodding there. You know, um, don't know about the exact semantics, but you know, repeating back what you said to me, you know, put your hands up if you do think that there's at least some connection between COVID coming back and the next election being rigged for the Democrats. You said you had a bit of a hesitation over COVID on, on Trump. Tell us a bit more about, about that. Uh, well, I was all for drain the swamp. But um, as soon as warp speed went in, I was working in healthcare and it did affect me and everyone else I work with. Um, I'm no longer in healthcare, thankfully, Um, but it's really changed my mind on uh, a lot of talk and uh, where was the support uh, to push through uh, the vax and to force it. I still think it should be a choice, but um, I think he had a big hand in that. Neve? I agree with Jennifer. I I feel that he should have actually 
stopped it, that he, that he could have. Even if, even if Biden would have gone and changed it all, I think that he uh, shouldn't have allowed it to be pushed through at all. Age limits. Some people have talked about age limits for public office, um, whether it's in the Senate, whether it's in the presidential race. You know, it's like kids in the uh, candy store. They make money for themselves. They go in, they don't have much money. They come out, they're millionaires. I don't even know where they get their money from, but they end up becoming millionaires and they vote themselves raises all the time. Ridiculous, ridiculous, you know. And, uh, you know, as far as term limits go, they're the ones that vote for it, where it should be the people who vote to have term limits, not them. And what offices are you thinking about term limit for? Is that where you The, where the main government itself in Congress. Uh, it's just ridiculous, just ridiculous. Is there anyone in particular you've got, you might have in mind there? All of them. <laughs> All of them. I just think career politicians, um, like you said, they go in, uh, come out millionaires, multi-millionaires. Just there shouldn't be anybody in there over 50 years, uh, you know, making their way to the top after just being in there for life. Is that is that an age thing or a, or a how long people have been around thing? I think it's how long they've been around. I think that people are just so entrenched in the way that they're doing things, that they've been doing it so long, they can't see other other ways of doing it. I just feel like it becomes routine. Like, it's just a routine, it's routine. And I feel like the voices of the people, even though they say that they're listening to the voices of the people, it would be a, a different world if they truly were listening to the voices of the people. You got Nancy Pelosi who's going for another four more years today. I mean, my goodness. I don't think there should be age limits, but let's look at their cognitive abilities. That's, you know, and of course, that's all becomes a judgmental issue. I realize that, but, you know, it's just, because um, some people who are older have better wisdom because of years of experience. So we don't want to start limiting their age, but um, if there's maybe some kind of test they could take, you know, but once again, who's going to define what the test limits are? People need to know their boundaries. And I don't think that we should judge them and say, oh, you're this age, you can't do that because we don't understand. But I also think that if you look worldwide, as you get older, you do forget things and you do like, that's just a known fact. But I feel like taking on the responsibility of a president or a senator, like, I, I do think age is a factor. Does anyone disagree? A bit, just because I know some um, elderly that are sharp as tacks and, um, and then some young people that have no common sense. So I, I think it, I would like it to be able to be a case-by-case -case basis. But no, but they won't always know their limits. Not everybody stops driving when they should stop driving. I don't think you need age limits because everybody's different at different ages. The question is, why do Senator Feinstein and McConnell keep getting elected when they're not competent? And it's because the entrenched incompetency makes it very, very difficult to get somebody out of there. Because once you have your connections, you have the fundraising, you have years and years and years in there. The, the Congress does not turn over like it should. You have people in there for 50 years, even when they're not competent, because it's just too hard to beat them. Who's in support of an age limit on the office of president? Okay. I don't know. I think past uh, 75, there should be a, uh, a limit as far as that there goes. Just like voting, you have to be a certain age. But I think it, if we had term limits, whether they have it upstairs or not, they would be out and whether it be four years or eight years or 12 years, you know, they'd be gone. And it's good to have fresh new blood in there with fresh new ideas 
instead of keeping the same people over and over and over. It's a broken record. Well, I like the idea of being in the 70s. You're past your retirement age, so you can still like understand that demographic. And you've been through pretty much all the stages of, you know, going to school, working, you know, raising families and then retirement and grandkids and all that. So you have like a good idea of everybody at their own stage of life. But I'd say like mid 70s, like 75 or so is good. Like, um, I really feel like 80. I, I don't know. I'm probably the outlier in that age, but I feel like that could work. Put your hand up if you'd like to see some sort of cognitive test for those who run for office for president. Hands up if so. Yeah. Interesting. Like I said earlier, how do you judge that? Because some things make a definition of what is cognitive and what isn't. And with this government today, they'll twist it any way they can to get their agenda down what they want to do. And I've seen some people who, you know, I mean, think of President Reagan. He was in his lower 80s when he left office. And he's in some of his better years, his second term. Donald Trump too old to be president, or is he still the right age? I think he's, a, he's the right age, because he's, he's got the ability to do far more than most 30-year-olds can do today. I mean, the guy just goes. So I, I don't think, that, that's why I'm not sure age is significant. I think it's more about their capabilities. So I don't think he's too old. What about Joe Biden? Put your hand up if you think Joe Biden's too old to be president. What do you think of these charges, the charges that are happening. How do, we, how do we feel about those? It's nothing but a lynching by the Democrats. They're so fearful of them that they're going after them left and right. And this has been going on, what, seven, eight years? So it's definitely just a lynching and uh, they're just afraid of them. That's why they're doing it. Otherwise, they'd leave them alone. As far as the charges go, I mean, I don't have a huge stock in the government conspiracies being like, oh, this is all against me. It's a witch hunt. I'm like, no, it isn't. You broke the law. You're being indicted. It's surprising to me that he's even a candidate. I'm all for having a Republican candidate to like stop all this nonsense spending. But him is just, you know, if you go to jail, just like everybody else, it makes it very clear that you are not above the law. I think some of it is a witch hunt for sure. And I think some of it are legitimate claims like him telling, you know, the governor of, of Georgia or the secretary of state of Georgia that he needs to find votes. I mean, the president calling someone like that is obviously trying to intimidate and influence the election. And that's that's something we should all stand up for and say that's wrong. Um, I wish the charges weren't there because it makes folks like our friends here in the back row really solidify behind them. And he's been able to turn it into that sort of um, if, if I think someone back there said, if, if they can come after me, they can come after you. Well, you're not you're not intimidating secretaries of state, so you're not you're probably not in trouble. Uh, but I, I think it's I, I think it's bad because I think it, it helps the Trump supporters circle around Trump and make it look like he's a victim, which I think he likes. Right, in one word, stupid. I think it's stupid. I think they're wasting a ton of time, and uh, yeah, they want the money, and so. Welcome to the Banana Republic of America. This is what other countries do to their other candidates. I mean, yeah, if there are things that are done wrong, I think some of these things that were done wrong, they wouldn't make any issue out of it if it wasn't a Republican or Trump. De it's deliberately done um, by, I think, actually on a more global level to have a 
candidate who could fix America taken out so we can be kept under somebody's thumb. Who's, 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 who's doing that? Probably Bill Gates. I don't know. If he does get convicted, if he ends up in jail, would you still vote for him in the general election? I would vote for him because other politicians have done their political duties from jail. I definitely would vote for him. You have to. You know, it just, everyone here agreed that something's going on crooked with what they're doing to him. So how can you believe anything that's going on in the courts or these affidavits or anything else they're going after him for? I would vote for him. And I would hope that the truth would eventually come out. So thinking ahead to that general election, let's assume it's Trump versus Biden, and Trump is fighting that election from jail. Would anyone here be put off voting for Trump for that reason? I would vote for anybody who wasn't Biden, whether I liked them or not. I think that it would be um, odd to vote for somebody that's in jail, um, somebody who's supposed to be running our country. Um, <laughs> the commander in chief from jail uh, it doesn't make sense to me. Put your hands up if you would vote for Trump in that election if he was in jail. Dana, you're a no. How come? How can you govern from jail? Like, I think even if it was not a fair process, I just don't see how you can govern effectively when you're taken out of communication that way. I mean, that's quite significant, right? We've got four registered Republicans or independents who might lean Republican in this room, and half of you are saying wouldn't vote for Donald Trump if he was the nominee doesn't in a general election. It doesn't matter doesn't matter what you say. You could say, what if he's dead and they'd still vote for him? I mean, the, there is no line, right? There is no line. Anyone want to come back on that? How about if uh, Biden's the, the nominee and, and he's in a hospital, a mental hospital, still going to vote for him then? Didn't really address my question. If you don't know who this person is, I think you might have been living under a rock. Donald Trump, a word or a phrase to sum up how you feel. I don't mean it rudely, but my word is loser. I'm confused. He's not confused. I'm confused about how I feel. Uh, competent? Competent, but I don't necessarily trust him. Competent. Unwavering. Making America great again. Unhinged. Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, refreshing ideas, but not serious. Optimistic. Suspiciously fake. I don't know enough. Uh, VP for Trump. He's well-spoken, but I don't trust him. Uh, he took money from Soros and denied it. And so uh, uh, I, don't, he's, I don't trust him. He looks like a, and he acts like a clear politician, but he has no shot at being a president. Nikki Haley. Strong on foreign policy. Consensus builder. I'm afraid I'm completely uninformed. I don't know who she is. Kind of naive. I have to hear more about her, but Mm, she's very liberal. Liberal leaning on social issues? Rhino. She seems confident, but I feel like she's not strong enough to be our president. Mike Pence. Uh, experienced, has a good temperament for the job. More of the same. Not necessarily a bad person, but not necessarily anything to offer. A sellout. Confident. Kind of likes to try to please everybody. And that can be an issue sometimes. Rhino. Ultra, ultra conservative. Next one, guys. Tim Scott, word or phrase, Tim Scott. I like him, but when I see him speak, it just seems unremarkable. Like, doesn't, doesn't set himself apart. He strikes as honorable. I want to say too new, but I don't, that's not quite what I want to say, but I can't think of any other words. 
That's it. He needs more experience. He's well-spoken. He'd make a great VP for uh, Trump. I think he's too strict on reproductive rights. Chris Christie. Tells it like it is. No way. Yeah, Frank. I think he's a phony. Outspoken. More liberal. Rhino. If he didn't have Trump's name to mention, he wouldn't go anywhere. Let's not forget Bridgegate. Seems like he's too indated with the Jersey Shore. <laughs> Ron DeSantis. It's a strong record of getting things accomplished. Experience. Morally solid. He's got a lot going for him. My word was experienced. Could you wait four more years? He's well-spoken. Uh, I think he's hurt Flavor in a lot of ways, too, but uh, he's well-spoken, and uh, he's a takes-charge guy. He certainly can talk very well, but he's done some bad things for Florida that has directly hurt, you know, the elderly as well as some of the families down there. Well, you know, you've got multiple candidates on that stage that said they wouldn't touch entitlements, including Trump. And any candidate that says they're not going to touch entitlements means that they're basically going to go into the go into office and then leave America bankrupt. Social Security is going to mm -hmm. go bankrupt in 10 years. Medicare is going to go bankrupt in eight. So the way we deal with it is we don't touch anyone's retirement or anyone who's been promised in. But we go to people like my kids in their 20s when they're coming into the system and we say the rules have changed. We change retirement age to reflect life expectancy. Instead of cost of living increases, we do it based on inflation. We limit the benefits the on the wealthy and we expand Medicare Advantage plans. How do you feel about the argument she's made there? Anyone can come in here. How do you feel about the argument? She's not wrong. We are going to run out of money for it and there has to be other ways that we can look for pensions and such for people that have put in their time. There's, there, it's not going to be there. My age group is not going to have it. To me, it's just a scare tactic. They've been talking about this for decades. And something that she says to make the voters say, yeah, wow, she's right. I'm going to do But we got an increase, people at Social Security. Uh, I think it was last year sometime. And it was, uh, it, was, it was a good increase. And for her to be saying that, she needs to scare the people into voting for her. The problem is what they're using Social Security on. You got a lot of illegal immigrants coming to this country who are qualifying for some of these benefits, which we're paying for or people who are younger paying for this stuff to be using people who haven't, don't deserve to have it. It wasn't meant for that. It can't continue how it is, or it won't probably continue how it is, but I, I think it could be changed rather than just eliminated. I believe we had a culture in America at one point where the working class benefited in their uh, senior years after they were done working based on what they put into the system, and now we have a system that uh, you don't need to work and you can get the most benefits. In fact, we can penalize the rich uh, to pay for those that don't work at all kind of struggling like as if I d maybe I don't know something but don't you have to pay into social security yeah. to get it so the notion of people just getting it for free I'm not quite it feels like a talking point but maybe I you know that's not I wouldn't have come in here and said oh social security's my number one priority so I don't know we've had neighbors who've gotten on social security and they go on the premise either mental illness or they couldn't hear once they get the hearing aid in, or kind of hearing aid they got to fix the problem, they could hear fine. They still don't have to go back to work. They still got in Social Security. So it's becoming a handout benefit. I don't know about increasing it for my generation, like because it's just not going to work. There's too many of us. But for somebody who can't go back to work because they're physically just too old, like we can't leave them behind. For life as governor and as vice president. And uh, to be honest with you, Nikki, you're my friend, but uh, consensus is the opposite of leadership. When the Supreme Court returned this question to the American people, they didn't just send it to the states only. 
It's not a state's only issue. It's a moral issue. And I promise you, as president of the United States, the American people will have a champion for life in the Oval Office. Can't we have a minimum standard in every state in the nation that says when a baby is capable of feeling pain, an abortion cannot be allowed. A 15-week ban is an idea whose time has come. It's supported by 70% of the American people, but it's going to take unapologetic leadership, leadership that stands on principle and expresses compassion for women okay. in crisis hold, hold pregnancies. I'll do that as president of the United States. He called my name, Governor so I want to respond to that. It is in the hands of the people, and that's where it should be. But when you're talking about a federal ban, be honest with the American people. We haven't honest. had 45 pro-life senators in over hundred years. So no Republican president can ban abortions any more than a Democrat president could ban all those state laws. Don't make women feel like they have to decide on this issue when you know we don't have 60 Senate votes in the House. I just think putting a ban on it right there to me seems like a control thing uh, when I think about that. Every baby is a baby. I mean, from when they're conceived. And I don't think you can say 15 weeks is a limit on it. It's a baby. I don't agree with a, a blanket ban. You're taking away a lot of um, choices for people and not necessarily, you know, in pro of, you know, an unborn child or anything like that. It's still somebody's going to find a way one way or the other. It's not going to stop happening. And you're putting a ban and you're forcing people into a corner and it's not going to help anybody. 15 weeks feels arbitrary to me. I I actually personally rather that it went back to where there was no government support for it. Save the child, take the child into adoption. People who can't have children want to have children. Instead of aborting them, killing them, that's, that's changed the way we look at life. I still think it should be at the state's state level. I, I just don't agree with the whole federal um, oversight of that. I am a pro-life candidate person. But I also think that Nikki Haley in the debate had a lot of points about consensus, like what are the things that people actually agree on? Like I know, I understand like intellectually that it's a human life and we shouldn't be bargaining with that. But I also think that there are things that people do agree on. Like you don't think a federal ban is where it's at. I'd prefer to see a federal ban on all mur murder, including the unborn child as well as our uh, elderly uh, any any type of murder in my mind should be federally banned. Who would like to see that be lower, that 15-week ban? Put your hands up if you'd like that to be lower still. Okay. So we want to start on this with a, a show of hands. Do you believe in human behavior is causing climate change. Raise your hand if you do. Well, look, we're not school children. Let's have the debate. I mean, I'm happy to take it to start. <laughs> Alexander, <laughs> so do you want to raise your hand or not? Uh, that's yeah. the way to do. So let me just say to Alexander this. First of all, one of the reasons our country's decline is because of the way the corporate media treats Republicans versus Democrats. Biden was on the beach while those people were suffering. Let us be honest as Republicans. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change agenda is a hoax. The climate change agenda is a hoax. And we have to declare independence for it. And the reality is, the anti-carbon agenda is the wet blanket on our economy. And so the reality is, more people are dying of bad climate change policies than they are of actual climate change. Governor
It's chicken little, you know, it's Al Gore all over again, the sky's falling, climate change this, climate change that there. It's just another scare tactic to get people upset about what's going on. You know, maybe the polar bear had their day like the dinosaurs, but. It feels like a fake topic to keep our eyes off of everything else, like blaming farmers and cows for climate change when we can ignore the burning of tires in the Middle East. There's no way we can affect the climate. What it is, it's a money grab for socialism, for socialistic policies, for one world government to try to take control of people like ourselves who are trying to make a living to control our money. I believe in climate change. I've always found it interesting that Republicans who mostly live in rural places and enjoy the environment probably more so than Democrats don't seem to care about the environment. So I thought that, always thought that's interesting. But I do think it's been weaponized and used as a way to... Uh, push an agenda of limiting government. I mean, the best solution, I think, for a lot of this is more nuclear power, and we are totally against nuclear power for reasons unknown. I'd say it's being used as a deterrent, deterrent to try to get our mind, to get our thoughts, to get us, like... What they're trying to do by talking about this? A scare. Yeah, so we can hop on board with the electric cars that are catching on fire all over the place. And, and there's charging stations every God knows how many miles, and hopefully you don't get caught in the middle of the night of a snowstorm trying to get to one. Who, who benefits from... From the electric cars? Yeah, yeah. The ones who are pushing it, I guess. Uh, the ones who got stock in this. Climate is, um, like, natural, <laughs> and it changes over the years. There's, it's, cyclic, it's cyclical. Vivek Ramaswamy there talked about it being a hoax. Who does this hoax serve? Globalist government control. I don't even know if we really know who. There are suspicions, I suppose. Some might say to you, well, look, look at the science. You know, this shows it's an issue. You know, we need to do something about it's it. It's lies. Cool. Well, they're faking everything. It's not fake. It's very documented. It's very clear. And climate change is happening. And anybody who's saying that, oh, there's a government conspiracy that's going to benefit from, you know, pushing this agenda, it's like, it's already happening. I think climate change is very real. I think making it political is, is a hoax. Now, what this is, is it's a mopped up newspaper front page for January 20th, 2025. What is the kind of headline that you would expect to see on the day that Donald Trump is inaugurated, assuming that he wins the election? America is great again. We didn't look at each other. America is great again. Welcome back. Anyone can win. <laughs> uh, Trump to lead divided country. It's a miracle. Trump promises our nation freedom. Making America great again. Again. It's January 20th, 2025. It's what you'd, kind, you'd expect to see on this front page. January 20th, 2025, Joe Biden is president. Uh, Biden begins second term with record number of senators. Not too old, question mark, exclamation point. America votes for another four years. Will he last another four years? Lord help us. Buckle up, the rides are going to be rough. We are doomed. So to try to keep it unbiased, what to do now? But the Ukraine war, has the funding for that been too high, about right, or too low? Uh, too high, I'm not convinced it's being used effectively. Uh, too high, I don't think we can afford it. Too high, unnecessary. Uh, much too high, and I'm not sure there's an, enough accountability for it. Too high, and would like to see more accountability as to where it's going. 
exactly too high, and I think some of the money is going places we wouldn't want to see it go. It's too high. I think there's a lot of scamming going on with the money, and uh, look how they forgot about Maui. Too high, and I don't believe it should be always us paying for everything. Who would you rather, you know, sitting here, who would you rather see be the victor of that war? Ukraine, Russia, or if you don't care, say you don't care. Ukraine. 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 Don't care. Ukraine. 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 So the Ukrainians might be watching this and go, but we need the weapons. We need the funding to do it. God, I mean, seriously, this is what they could say, right? So what's your argument back? But it's such a crooked government. We, we just have a history of trying to fund the right side that we think is the right side. We look at like Cuba and Castro and, you know, we have, a, we have a hard time picking winners like that. So we could support Ukraine, but we don't need to be funding their entire military. Don't forget, there's a lot of Russians in Ukraine that afford that, that, that are living in Ukraine. People don't realize that. They think they're all Ukrainians, but there's a lot of Russians who want Russia to take it over. I just think that America needs to be a little bit more concerned about America. My heart goes out to Ukraine or any country that's being um, maybe under the thumb of a larger uh, force, but I think we need to take care of America first. Is there more than meets the eye to what the government's telling us about UFOs? <laughs> or is this all just jokey stuff? I would have said no a few years ago, but the, the, the stuff that the Air Force pilots have seen I think there is more out there. I do not think there's more out there. I think there could be unknown things out there, but I think it's just a smokescreen. It's possible. Possibility. It's possible. I think so. I think it exists. I don't think the government's hiding it, but I believe that there's something out there. And final question, guys. I mean, I had to ask this as a Brit. What do we think of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle? (laughs) (laughs) I want... I want... We did it for politicians. I want a word or a phrase that sums up your view of that couple. Really love getting attention and then love telling people that they don't want attention. I kind of think they're losers. I don't understand what the infatuation is. I think she's a narcissist. Nobody cares. As a fellow Brit, I could care less about them. (laughs) Very good, very good. Debbie, I I assume you've got no comment, Debbie, because it's so offensive you couldn't possibly say it. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. 
And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.